My guest this week is the Conservative Member of the House of Lords and former Deputy Leader of Kensington and Chelsea Council, Lord Moylan. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Nathan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So firstly, ju- just for the benefit of listeners, we're recording this interview on Friday, 12.30 in the afternoon, so not all the results are out yet, but we've got a good idea of what the picture is nationally. So based on what you've seen so far, what are your thoughts on the election results? As far as England is concerned, I think that obviously um, the electors have been a little bit cross with the Conservative Party and with Boris. Um, I think they've given uh, the party a little bit of a kicking. But when you think about it, um, in midterm elections for a government, you know, that's halfway through its term, um, we've really done, the Conservatives have really done very, very well. The black spot, if you like, is London, and Labour will crow about mm. now representing Mayfair. They must be thrilled about that. Um, and um, and Wandsworth, which um, eventually has fallen after many years of moving in that direction to Labour's control. But um, they haven't done very well in the rest of the country. And I think it confirms my impression that, especially since 2019, and especially under Keir Starmer, The Labour Party really is becoming a regional party of London and Wales, um, with some representation in university towns. Mm. So it's really retreated to a a very strange base, because that's not a traditional base. It's found a new base, but but a very narrow one. Mm -hmm. And and that that base is solid for it, but it's, it's having great problems in breaking out of that base. And you'd have thought with all the difficulties the government has had and all the smears put about about Boris and so on, that that they'd have done very much better and they haven't. So I think this virtually guarantees that Labour will not win a majority of seats at the next Mm. general election. It's it's interesting you mentioned that, the the fact that, you know, there are these small pockets where Labour have done really well and there's a real shift in how voters have been treating the Labour Party. And so far, based on the initial data, Labour is up on the vote share by just 3.6%. And as you say, given the setbacks that the Conservatives have had and the the, the issues within government as well, and Labour's had some good polling in the run-up to these elections, do you think that Labour should have been doing better in terms of vote share, given where we are in the stage of, of certainly the lifetime of this government and this parliament? Well, to be fair to Labour, I mean, they did, these are based on 2018 results mm. when Labour did really rather yeah. well under a different leader, of course. Yes. Um, so the fact they've increased the vote share by 3.6% mm. is something they'll excuse as being well, you know, we were at the top of our game already in 2018, so it's hard to improve. But actually, if they're to form a government, they've got to be able to improve quite dramatically on their performance. And um, they, it's very, very interesting and instructive that they haven't done that. Mm. There's also a danger for Labour that if you look at their vote share only and you translate that into um, general election outcomes, that they end up piling up huge majorities in their core areas. So in London, I mean, even if they won every seat in London, um, there are only 72, I think 72 still, and that will change with the Boundary Commission, be fewer, but about 72 constituencies in Greater London. So even if they won every single one of them, um, it, it wouldn't help them that much in forming a government. And of course, they'll have a number of seats in Wales and a number of seats in some of the university towns. 
And they might do better in Scotland than they have. I mean, we don't know the Scottish results yet, but it certainly looks as though Labour is back again being a player in Scottish politics, not winning, but being a serious player. And they could pick up some seats in Scotland that they, I, I'm just guessing now, I, I don't claim to be an expert in any way on politics in Scotland, but it looks as though they're now a player again, which they mm. haven't been some time. So yeah, you see some improvement, but how do you, you just can't see a majority being put together for Labour on this basis. So I, I think it's very encouraging. I've long held that the next government will be a conservative government, mm -hmm. a conservative majority government, and these figures, I think, tend to confirm that. Uh, and you mentioned before the fact that, you know, these elections were lost fought in, in 2018. Those, most of the seats up for election were lost fought then. And of course, that was under Jeremy Corbyn for the Labour Party, but also for the Conservatives under Theresa May. And yeah. so those elections were really fought on very different circumstances. So how do you think that the results that we have so far reflect the changes that the UK has gone through over the last four years? Do you think they are reflective of uh, a resurgent Labour Party or do you think it's a, a diminished Conservative Party coming through as well? Well, I don't think there's any sign of a resurgent Labour Party. I think what they reflect is that Keir Starmer is a flop. Um, and um, he's not going to be, people are not going to put him into 10 Downing Street. Um, he's had every opportunity um, to do that. Now, does this all relate to Brexit is the question. How much of this is influenced by Brexit, which yeah. has gone through under Boris Johnson since then, although the battle lines in were well established in 2018. I've always thought there is one thing about Keir Starmer, which makes it very difficult for him to be elected, and that is that he worked openly and publicly to reverse the vote of the 2016 vote that people had cast. And he did that quite openly. Everybody saw it. And I don't. I think there are a lot of people who will never forgive him for that. Uh, and quite rightly, in my view. Otherwise, what we clearly see is that the Conservatives, to everyone's surprise, have held on better in the so-called Red Wall. And that isn't the same as the North, because yeah. you know there's important chunks of the Red Wall in the West Midlands and places like that. Um, they've tended to hold on, as far as we can see on the numbers so far, in reasonably good shape. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I say, Labour has consolidated this base that it's not its traditional base, a new base uh, in London and university towns and Wales. And uh, we think, I mean, we haven't got the Welsh results, but I suppose mm -hmm. we probably know what um, the Labour's done probably quite well in Wales. And um, and, and that's... That's it. How do they break out from that? Yeah. If they can't yeah. now, with all the trouble the government has been in, following a pandemic, following the huge difficulties for the economy caused by the measures that were taken to um, curtail the pandemic and mm -hmm. to minimise the loss of life as far as the government reasonably mm -hmm. could, if they can't do it now, you know when, and and you're right to point out this uh, this uh, almost a, a geographical shift in in the Red Wall to uh, London university towns, and of course consolidating that support in Wales usually. And do you think now that the the Red Wall that we saw in 2019 across the the North of England and the Midlands is now an area that's sort of up for grabs by both parties, and actually the new Red Wall is developing in the the cities and the university towns. I'm not quite sure what that sort of means. I think um, the fact is that the the seats known as the Red Wall, the, mm. the traditional Labour seats that have come to vote Conservative, uh, well, they were up for grabs yesterday. 
Um, and, and we see the result, which is that they broadly um, have stuck with the Conservatives in midterm elections when people are a bit angry with the government. And there's every reason to think that they'll come back and support the Conservatives in greater numbers, um, I mean, greater numbers than yesterday, um, back at 2019 levels, potentially, when a general election is called. Nobody can forecast, of course, what circumstances might hit us, but uh, when a general election is called in the next year or two. So I think that those seats... Now, is there a new battleground? Um, I think it's difficult. Um, I think it's, it, the, what Conservatives need to do is, is not imagine that they're going to make huge progress in London or but they need to make sure that they keep the traditional Tory seats in the, in the South, mm-hmm. in the counties. They need to make sure they keep those seats. So they need to keep that balance. Um, and some MPs are worried that they're not doing that. And they expected a huge Liberal Democrat upsurge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there has been a huge Liberal Democrat upsurge. And it's, it shows how easy it is to mistake by-election, parliamentary by-election results. Mm-hmm or the way people vote in local elections, and to mistake the way people vote in local elections for how they vote in parliamentary general elections. So we need to be quite sophisticated about that. Yeah, of course. And there are so many different factors and issues that go into each set of local elections and different circumstances in each area will naturally play into that. But as you point out, there has been a lot of upset and disagreement with both the Conservatives and Labour at the moment. And whilst there hasn't been a huge upsurge towards the Liberal Democrats, as the results are so far, they have the highest net gain of seats across the country. So how much do you think the Liberal Democrats can actually disrupt the balance that the Conservatives and Labour have and actually be essentially a protest vote so we move forward and get more results through and also looking ahead to future general elections? Well, there are two things to say about the Liberal Democrats. First is, yes, they are often a recipient of protest votes. Hmm. But particularly, people cast protest votes at by-elections, parliamentary by-elections, and to some extent in local elections. Hmm. They tend not to cast protest votes at general elections because they know it has a bigger significance than it's more important to get to get a decent government uh, out of it. And they don't normally see the Liberal Democrats in that light. That's one thing to say. But the other thing to say is that the Liberal Democrats are not just a, a recipient of protest votes. They're not just an empty bucket into which you throw their mm. votes. They are actively the party that wants us to rejoin the European Union. Yeah. And the, even if you actually voted Remain, the disruption and divisiveness and the difficulties of having Liberal Democrats in a government uh, trying to rejoin the European Union um, and of course, they wouldn't be in a majority position in government, uh, mm. you know. But, but they and Starmer together represent um, a very different direction for the future of this country mm. than the one that most people have now come to accept, um, which is that we stay outside the European Union. And I just don't think you'd want that risk. The other thing is, it's very hard to see Starmer having any chance at all of forming a government. And I don't think he will have any chance. But Mm. but if if, if something went accidentally wrong, Mm. he could only form a government with Liberal Democrat and SNP support. So you'd end up with a government which was pledged to, which would be at least putting the the United, the end of the United Kingdom would be on the table. 
mm-hmm. and rejoining the European Union would be on the table. I mean, this is a nightmare scenario constitutionally, mm-hmm. and it's not something I think most people want. So a vote for, Le- for Labour at the general election is basically a vote that questions the existence of the United Kingdom and questions... Yeah. Um, this is even despite the fact that I fully acknowledge that Labour is a unionist party. Labour is mm-hmm. not a party that in itself wants to end the United Kingdom, but it could find itself in bed, necessarily in bed, with a party that does, which would be a very cynical move. And, um, and with another party, the Liberal Democrats, that want to get back into the European Union. And we know that there are a lot of people in the Labour Party who still want that, although most Labour voters, I think, don't. Absolutely. And um, I've ju- just seen a, a line of breaking news come through that uh, Sir Keir Starmer is going to be investigated by Durham police over what's being called beer gate. Of course, there's uh, Boris Johnson's party gate and the parties in Downing Street. Can I just uh, get, get your reaction to, to that? Well, I regret, to be frank, I regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Metropolitan Police made an idiotic mistake in giving in to political pressure and launching retrospective investigations mm. of uh, COVID breaches, which it has done in no other case. And I did actually respect Durham Police mm. for saying, no, we don't go back and do that. That is political. And if we did it, we'd be just giving in to political pressure. So in a way, I rather, re- I mean, I, it's what source for the goose is source for the gander. That's one way of responding to this. Yeah. But, but my way is saying mm-hmm. a, a plague on all of them. I think these mm-hmm. police forces have behaved in ways that are totally stupid um, mm-hmm. and uh, will only damage their reputations. And in a sense, I rather regret that Durham has given in um, and decided to do the same thing. We don't want political interference in, the, in operational matters in our police force. And the politicians who demanded that the Metropolitan Police initiate an investigation, which is an operational matter, mm-hmm. into uh, Partygate, I think behaved disgracefully. Just on the political uh, interference in uh, in public decision making, I, ju- I just wanted to ask for your your thoughts on on something because obviously you're you're based in London, you've you've worked in uh, local government in London, and. Uh, the day before the local elections, the Transport Secretary, Grant Shapps, accused the uh, Labour Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, of uh, breaching the Purdue rules over announcing the dates that the Crossrail Elizabeth line would open. Do you think that Sadiq Khan did break the rules there, or do you think that was just some last-minute electioneering by Grant Shapps? Well, I think it was last-minute electioneering, but again, mm. it's source for the goose, is source for the gander, because I remember Labour doing this to Boris when he went and opened a an overground station when he was mayor of London um, in um, um, uh, a year when there were no elections in London, but there were elections somewhere else. And they ranted and raved at him for turning out to open an overground station. Let's be absolutely clear. There are no PERDA rules. Mm-hmm. PERDA is an invention of the civil service. It has no basis in statute law. There is no act of parliament that says you've got to operate PERDA. The only legal base is you can't use public money for party political purposes, and quite right, too. So ministers do need to show a degree of restraint Mm -hmm. in how they would announce public expenditure in the run-up to a general election. But these detailed PERDA rules are just a way for the civil service to, frankly, to get a whole bunch of holiday and control things. It has no legal basis, and you cannot break the PERDA rules because they don't exist as rules. There's neither statute law behind them, 
nor is there any case law. This is one where you can't even blame the judges because none of these has ever actually gone to court. And if they did go to court, I don't know what would happen because although, you know, there is this huge... I do not myself understand why you can say that Whitehall has to shut down because there's, you know, there are local elections in England Hmm. or that we have to shut down or or the mayor of London can't make an announcement because Hmm. there are elections because there's a general election going on, but, but he's not a candidate and there's no election for the mayor of London. It's, it's, it's become ridiculously over-elaborate. It has no legal basis. It's about time somebody stood up. And, um, and um, I don't think uh, Sadiq Khan did anything wrong. Okay. So let, let's just move away from looking specifically at the local elections for a moment and just look at the broad, broader context of what the results can mean. So the, there have been many who've been saying that these elections could be make or break for Boris Johnson and that if the Conservatives do really poorly in the elections, he could face a, a vote of no confidence by, by the summer. Do you think the Conservatives have done enough to keep the Prime Minister safe or is a vote of no confidence now inevitable? I think the Prime Minister was always safe. I don't think there's, ever, I don't, there's going to be a vote of no confidence. Mm. And I think the results we've seen uh, so far um, show um, that, uh, you know, the Conservatives have done very, very well. Mm. Any Conservative MP who now thinks that the, what, what the country needs is six months of internecine warfare inside the party of government Different matter when you're in opposition, perhaps. But inside the party of government, that what we need is six months of internecine warfare when they haven't even got a decent candidate they'd put up against Boris. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, well, they need their head examining. Who are these people? Mm-hmm. You need when you one of the things you need to learn as a conservative is that you, you choose who it is going to lead you and you need to rally round mm-hmm. because. That's what the Conservative Party is good at. So mm-hmm. I have no time at all for these people who are sort of off their heads thinking that they want six months civil war yeah. uh, in the Conservative Party. And they probably wouldn't win anyway. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. damage the Prime Minister rather than remove mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And then on, on the other side, looking at Labour, you, you've mentioned before that you don't you think if Keir Starmer were to uh, do well at the next general election, there would be a, a potential coalition with the Liberal Democrats or and and or the the Scottish National Party. Do you think Keir Starmer does have the potential to lead Labour back into government, or was the the twenty nineteen result just just too much of a defeat for them to win it back in one term? Um, one of the endearing things about the Labour Party is that they they find it very difficult to remove leaders, even those they know are not going to lead them to electoral victory. So I hesitate to say this, but, you know, if, 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 the, Labour Party had any, if the Labour Party had any sense, um, they would get rid of Keir Starmer now mm-hmm. because he's an absolute loser. There's an, he's, it's an absolute dead cert. He will not take them back. Now, some people would say that's not his fault mm-hmm. because he started from a low base and it was all to do with Corbyn, although he supported Corbyn, he was in Corbyn. It's quite hard for Starmer to disentangle himself from that disaster and say, I'm a clean pair of hands. And it was a lot of it was to do with Brexit, and he was prominent in trying to undermine people's vote by having some bogus second referendum um, and so on. So um, I think he's a complete no-hoper. The difficulty for Labour then is, well, it's not enough, in my view, for the Labour Party to... Uh, replace and have a different leader. They need to have a strategy for how to appeal to ordinary people. And and by that, I mean, of course, Londoners are ordinary people as well. But 
but people outside London who who, who just want to have um, a competent, confident government that they gives them a real choice, and mm. and they're not they're not showing any capacity to do that. They get more and more obsessed with fringe issues mm. and woke things like none of them can say what a woman yeah. is, heaven's sake. Yeah. Um, and the danger for them is that they think well. You know, we've got to be more and more London. We've got to be more and more like our London voters. But that's all that's going to do is pile up votes in London for them. Mm-hmm. Won't yeah. win them a majority. I think they're in a really, really difficult position. So, so ju- just to finish then, as, as we look ahead to that next general election, whenever it is, be it 2024 or, as one report suggested this week, even later this year, looking at how the, the main parties are doing at the moment and that how things are looking, particularly from the, the results we're seeing at the moment in these local elections, you know, what, what does this reflect for those main parties? Do you, are you still confident that the Conservatives can win that fifth consecutive win for the, for the first time in their history? I have never, ever doubted that the next government, whenever the general election is called, will be a conservative majority government. Don't ask me what majority will be. I'm not that mad as to suggest I'd know that. It will be a conservative majority government led by Boris Johnson. Mm -hmm. I'm also, and this is a bit madder of me, but I'm reasonably confident that that will be true of the general election following that as well. Okay. I see nothing that persuades me that the Labour Party is going to do anything to recover mm-hmm. from the doldrums it's in. They're too mm-hmm. attached to their comfort zone, but their comfort zone doesn't extend beyond London and, and Wales, really. A bit of Scotland possibly will know this afternoon, and some mm-hmm. university towns. doesn't extend. They haven't broken out, and they love it there. They love being there. They love talking that language. And they've completely forgotten how to engage with the rest of the country. Okay, Lord Moylan, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Nathan. Thanks.